Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Welcome to the Equip Podcast by Rise Ministries. I'm Kim Heineke along with Pam Keneally, and we thank you for joining us today as we talk about things that we know you as moms care about. Pam and I are former single moms, and we love getting together to share some of our experiences and wisdom with you. Hi, Pam. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) On our podcast, we often talk about different parenting strategies and tips to help moms foster good relationships with their kids. Now, the truth is, most of us want our kids to listen to us and take our advice, don't we? Mm-hmm. We just want them to do what we say. Do it. And don't ask any yeah. questions for the, <laughs> if we're honest about it. And if you're like me, you're bold enough to believe that we know what's best for them, especially in the younger years, and that's probably true a lot of times. But listen, our kids don't always see it that way, especially as they get older. And that is when parenting gets a little bit sticky. So today, I want us to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about our influence versus our authority with our children. Now, truthfully, I did a lot of these things wrong. So I'm gonna be sharing some um, life experiences of things that maybe didn't go as well. I wish that I had known some of this. Pam, did you know a lot about influence and authority? You know, I did not. When you said this was Kim's idea to talk about this, we each take turns what we wanna talk about. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, and so, uh, no, I didn't. But I love it because the truth doesn't matter where you've, you know, if you're older listening to this today, it doesn't matter whether you knew it growing up or not, because it's never too late to be an influence. So I think whenever I was first a mom, I kind of had it in my mind, like, all right, I'm the mom, I make the rules, this is how it's going to be. I was kind of a wound up uptight first time Mm -hmm. mom. Sure. Like, A lot of people are, but I had it in my mind. This was how it's going to be. And I didn't leave a lot of room to grow as a mom Mm -hmm. to realize that, hey, what works when they're five may not work when they're 15. You can't parent them the same way. So I believe that as as you guys are listening to understand the difference in your authority. And when I say authority, I mean like your the power that you exert over someone. Um, and your influence, that that does help you be a better mom. So as we get started, why don't you go ahead and and define those two things for our listeners? Well, uh, first of all, authority is when you exercise your power to give orders. And honestly, in your intention, if you'd be honest, it's coming out of a sense of control. I will control them, and they will do what I say because I'm the mother, and that's the way it is. And there's a a time that they need that when they're Mm -hmm. younger. And then the other is... Uh, first there's power and authority and then there's influence and this is your power to change something or someone without directly forcing them to happen it's almost like god gives you wisdom to do it in a tricky way right. sort of. <laughs> you know what i'm saying and right and um so you know authority isn't always effective and so um when you have influence it's more long lasting and we'll yeah. talk about that in a little bit yeah i mean that's what i think no i i agree Even though i might not have done it very well there it is right <laughs> I, my yeah myself included i do think i know that we have biblical authority over our children and so we are not disputing on our podcast today like do you have authority over your children you are yes. the mother mm-hmm. but there are when we talk about authority today, we're really talking about just what you said, that power that comes from wanting to control someone. Yes. You know, I wanted to control my babies mm-hmm. when they were born. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to sleep when I said and eat when I yes. said and you know do all the things exactly whenever I wanted to. But I quickly learned. Yes. You don't. I mean, you might have authority, but it doesn't always work. Yes. I want to illustrate this a little bit. So as you're listening, I want you to visualize a triangle point on top, two points on the bottom. And I want you to visualize that that top part of that triangle, the tiny part there, is influence. And then the the rest of it is authority. So when they're young children, 
That's what it looks like. When you're five, you don't get to decide in my house if you want to brush your teeth or if you're going to go to bed at a reasonable hour. You don't get to decide that. That is my authority, and I exercise that. I also, I mean, because your influence is small, I can't go to you at five and say, hey, what do you think about brushing your teeth tonight? Sure. You know, that's a big no in mm-hmm. my house. I feel like I'm always using the, the analogy of <laughs> teeth brushing. That's been such a source of stress in our home with four boys for 23 years. So forget flossing, just brushing will do I it mean, for just tonight. just brush it, right? <laughs> just, you should not have fur on your teeth. Just brush your teeth and do what I say. So when they're young, influence is small, but authority is great. One of the reasons that we're doing that is why? We've got to teach them how to respect authority. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first, in our homes is the first place that they learn how to respect authority. When we train our kids in godly ways, God-honoring ways to respect authority, we are setting them up to be successful to respond to God's authority. You right. I, I do agree. And part of that, them learning authority with you first when they're younger, it teaches them to to submit under God's authority later. Right. So, um, right. So you're giving them a little pre-lesson. Yes. So flip that over. You're still visualizing that triangle. Flip that over. And now influence is the bigger part and authority is the smaller part. Because what we're saying is that as children grow, this naturally shifts. You get to a point when you have a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid and you can no longer say to them, you will go to bed at 9 o'clock. Sure. You, you will not listen to that music. You will eat all your green beans, mm-hmm. whatever that might look like. Your authority on – you can say those things. Unless you're ready for an explosion in the house. Right. <laughs> right. I certainly have learned this the hard way. I, like I said, I didn't leave a lot of room for, for this change in – in the relationship dynamic, I didn't leave a lot of room for that. In my mind, when they were born, I was the mom. That's how it's going to be till they were 40, you know, without mm-hmm. really thinking about what the consequences of that look like. But when you have an older child, your authority over them is smaller. I'm not saying that they don't still, that you don't still have authority over them, but you can't boss them around. But that's not really what I mean. Right. You know, like you just can't exert your, your power to control them. The same. The same. It just looks different. Right. So as we move along that spectrum to shift from authority to influence, it doesn't mean that you don't have guidelines or expectations. Don't misunderstand anything we're saying Mm -hmm. about that. But I thought today we could just talk about what what do those differences look like and what does that look like in your home? And if you're a mom that is raising young children, be aware that your authority is great right now Mm -hmm. and use it. Use it. Teach them God-honoring ways you know, to, to respond to authority, but also know that that shift is coming where your authority is going to be smaller and your influence is going to be greater. And if you have teenagers right now, just realize you cannot parent them the same way you do a five-year-old because you're training them to be an adult. They're just about sure. gone. Yes. You know, you know, listen to all this reminds me, mothering is not for sissies. It's the yeah. hardest job in the world because Motherhood, and I know you. I'm thinking of the single moms out there raising kids alone. You're doing the best you can. You know, motherhood is wonderful, but it's also the most grueling task in the whole world because mm-hmm. you feel so deeply. Mm-hmm. You feel so responsible for their outcome. You feel so 
you can feel guilty so quickly. It's all back on you. And and we've talked about this so many times on this podcast that we do the best we can as moms and leave the results to God. Right. Because he's, he's the one that flushes it all out through our things we did right and through the mistakes we had. So if you're feeling that way today already, I just want you to know we know motherhood is messy, but we're just wanting to give you some guidelines that might help you. Yeah, to prepare tools. yourself to back off here pretty soon in the way you instruct and in the way you guide and lead. That's good. So, and you and I would both agree we've done a lot of wrong things here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certain I certainly have. Sure. But I think the great thing about learning about authority versus influence is it's really never too late. Sure. All the mistakes mm-hmm. that I made with my young adult sons you flip that switch in a hurry where you go to them and say, I realize I've been trying to exert way too much authority over you at this age. And mm-hmm. I, now I just want to come alongside you and, and, and kind of coach you, kind of yes. mentor you and help you make some decisions. Yes. And so it, so if you feel like as you're listening, oh, I've done all these things wrong, the good news is it's, it's never too late. It's not too late on yes. this one. You don't even have to do a lot to, to just, change it. Yes. You just, it's that's just a, a mind shift. That's a, great, that's a great point. I love that. So let's talk about some of those. Okay. Alrighty. Well, as we look at some differences um, in the authority and the influence with older kids, one of them I might say is to recognize that power and authority is temporary. It doesn't last very long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it molds them. And and so it's just very temporary. But influence, I can say this because now my kids are older and have kids of their own. But the influence, the, the space that you give them in your influence mode or your influence character uh, is long reaching. It, yeah. it it it's what takes them into adults, and it's what teaches them later how to be good parents on their own. So it's important for you to know at that time while they're you have them under the roof and you have them for such a short time that little spectrum, the year two or three, that you're able to exercise that for them. So when they leave home, they'll be able to be um, adults and be able to handle the problems in the real world they're going to face. I think that's really good when you when you think about it being you know, your, your power authority being temporary. This is where I made my, some of my biggest mistakes as a mother of teenagers. I laid down the law, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I just told them how it was going to be. And if you do that to a kid long enough, when they have the opportunity to make their own decisions, they will run from everything that you have barked at them. Mm-hmm. And so it, you're right. It's very temporary. And I'm learning even now as I start to let go and, and let that shift naturally happen, the influence that I have, my, the influence that I had on them at home is different. It doesn't look like rebellion anymore. Sure. So I like good. that too. So what else do you think? What else is a reason for or difference between the two? Well, I would say another one, like power authority has rigid and inflexible rules. And influence allows for more fluid and flexible guidelines. Yes. So if you think about that, like I am, I'm very firstborn kind of type A, sort of like know in my mind what's right and wrong. There's a spreadsheet for everything in my head. And my children didn't all come out like that. You know, mm-hmm. Like some of them didn't think it was necessary to follow the rules or sure. to follow this little perfect little plan I had made. And so one of the mistakes that I made was to have these very rigid, very inflexible rules that just didn't ever take into account, you know, maybe even the age of my kids. But influence, when you shift and you start to see this a little bit different, you realize some of these things are guidelines, and we can be a little bit fluid with some of these things. You know, and I'm not saying make, I'm not saying don't set expectations or boundaries. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that. I'm saying it's a mind shift that when you're when you're young it looks one way when you're older 
it starts to look a little different. I remember in high school when my parents quit telling me what time I had to go to bed. You know, really, it, uh-huh. I do remember that because they used to watch Cheers at night, and I think it came on at like ten or ten thirty. I don't remember for sure, but in initially we weren't allowed to stay up past ten, and then all of a sudden they just quit saying, "Hey, girls, it's time to head to bed," and we just got to decide when we would want to go to bed. And that sounds <laughs> you're getting so big, you get to stay up till ten thirty, growing like a weed. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I do remember thinking, okay, well. Well, maybe I'll just go on to bed because that seems that was a reasonable time. Sure. You know, and so when they stopped being having that authority, and this is a small example, but it makes a big difference and gave me a little just relax the boundaries a little sure. bit. Sometimes sure. we'd stay up late, but a lot of times we just go to bed. Yes. Because that's I love what that. we were that made sense to us. Yeah. And so. I love the fact that that, you know, um, when we talk about setting guidelines, it's almost like giving giving them the opportunity to see an example through a choice that they make. Right. And, and I can't help but think of First Peter 5, 3, you know, talking about power, authority. It says, don't be domineering over them yes. in, in your charge, but rather be an example to the flock. And so you can do that in a way that you set an example. Your mother set an example by not saying, she just kind of eased it in and then mm-hmm. let you see it. And all of a sudden you realized that you did have, that she was a great example in that. And you were free to make your own choice. And it was yeah. the best choice. That's true. Under the safe guidelines that she was watching you very carefully. Trust right. me, you would not have stayed up till midnight. No. You know, so I'm yeah. thinking but, about that. And another example pops into my mind because I know, I know for a fact there's moms that are saying, okay, great. So your mom didn't tell you what time to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a tiny little example. What about the mother who would say, my kid doesn't want to go to church. He won't go to church with us. I just dealt with this with a with a young adult child and he had graduated from high school and the tendency for us was to say as long as you live in this house you will go with us that does not make anyone want to have a relationship with Christ yes it that does nothing when you are seven and eight and nine and ten and eleven when you're young like that yes I realize that you might not want to go but this Mm -hmm. is what we do in our family Mm -hmm. and and so there was authority to say you are going to go you reach a certain age, just as giving an example, that we finally, you know, like my husband and I finally looked at each other and thought, what are we doing? Sure. We're not, what are we doing? You right. know, we don't right. want him to just go and check off a box. Yes. So we started saying, we would love for you to go with us, but you don't have to. That's right. You know, I'm not saying you do that young. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, and and that's what, that's what I mean when we talk about rigid, rigid and flexible rules versus fluid Flexible guidelines. Yes, and I remember a time when my son was in high school, maybe a junior, getting ready to be a senior, and he, uh, or maybe, I can't remember, it was one of those early years that we made him go to church camp with him. Right. And he rebelled the whole time and was a little stinker at church camp. I heard later things he did. He didn't want to be there. (laughs) I'm, I'm laughing now, but back then it wasn't funny that they couldn't. They were all looking for him, and he was hiding under the bed or something. He just was rebellious to be there and didn't learn a thing, yeah. did not learn a thing. And then I think it was his junior year that we came senior year, you know, he was not going to church camp. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? If that's your decision, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, and I just had to leave the results to God. 
And so, and that that um, think about Proverbs fifteen one says a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It does stir up anger. So many mm-hmm. times when I was trying to exert my authority over my young adult kids or my my older teenage kids, it just started this fire. And then I can look back now and I can think. I'm not sure that some of that was really necessary. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes you have to put your foot down and you have to say, no, that is not okay. Mm -hmm. But not always. Yes. Not, not always do you have to do that. And there were times in our, in our home that I think relationships could have avoided some damage had I just trusted God to do his work in my kid's heart instead of trying to put my thumb on him and exercise all this authority that really was not appropriate yes, anymore yes well that reminds me moms i want you to know that and you may be thinking well i don't know what to do this com- podcast is confusing me i don't know what right, to do right <laughs> welcome Sorry. to the party <laughs> you know but this is where this is where um having a relationship with christ is to your greatest advantage to prepare yourself before you get to this place with the decision making if you haven't started that start it now because the bible says that when you ask god for wisdom he will give it to Mm -hmm. you and so so many times you may just have to come to the lord and say i do not know what to do i trust you to just guide me and i'm asking for your wisdom in this And just sit back, rest on the inside, and he will show you what to do. So it's not that we have to be so wise. It's that that he has to be so fluid in us. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, we are the keeper of our soul. Nobody else can keep it but me. And, you know, a lot can be going on around me, falling apart, and my heart's hurt or whatever inside. But I'm the only one that can keep. I'm the keeper of my soul, and you're the only one. So into it well because you're going to need it when you need wisdom and you're going to need it wisdom when they're adults as well so um you know here's the thing like we're talking about some negative situations where we're having to correct behavior but this is really as important in positive situations too Mm -hmm. if you constantly tell your kid what to do what to eat what to wear where to go how to spend this money then you're going to create this Young adult Mm -hmm. dependent that Mm -hmm. can't do anything for Mm themselves at all. They're going to call you all the time and say, Mom, how do I pay an electric bill? Or how do I? You're just going to create this this dependent. That's the best. That's Mm -hmm. the only word for it. But if you let this shift happen and you stop doing everything for them, telling them how to do everything, then you've got this influence that gradually gives up control and empowers that child to be independent and that's what we that's what we want we really do want them to grow up and be healthy adults that can live on their own yes and i mean i do yes i want you to live on your own yeah Yeah. live on your own (laughs) Uh, i won't put a do not disturb sign on my door but that's the way i feel sometimes um do you know what and also in the in all this a positive thing is what you're teaching them is respect for themselves and Mm -hmm. self-respect and is especially Especially if you're raising a son when he gets older, that's the most so important that he has a sense of respect and he gets respect from other people. Right. So it's that this is a positive thing. There's so many positive characteristics that builds into your children: confidence and respect and and awareness, self awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great thing that when you reach that transition to start letting go a little bit, that you know it's normal, it's natural. And it's a good thing. Yeah. It just empowers them mm-hmm. to be who it does. God created them to be. It starts to look a little bit different. You might be asking yourself, okay, how do I make that shift? Let's say you have a 
13, 14, 15-year-old, somewhere, you know, kind of a middle, not a little, not really big, but somewhere in the middle, you start to ask different questions to them. You know, I have a a 12-year-old son right now, and he has a lot of homework every week. And sometimes he will want to, the day it snowed, he wanted to go out and work all day and shovel snow. And I knew he didn't really have time for that. And so instead of saying, you have got to get all that stuff done. No, you need to not do this. You need to go up there and get busy. Start to ask questions like, hey, you know, you've got a lot of work that you have to do. So have you thought about how you're going to make up that time? Mm-hmm. Little tiny things like that. Mm-hmm. You are letting go of a little bit of your authority and you're exercising a little bit more influence by asking good questions mm-hmm. and letting them respond. You know, right. t- little things like that. Yes. Or, you know, or how do you feel about, yes. how do you feel about, um, you know, doing your homework for 15 minutes and then you can have yes. the rest of the afternoon to play freely and, and, and come home tonight and have it all done. How do you feel about that? Right. They'll probably say, I don't feel very good. I'm going to go outside and buy. <laughs> yeah, I can make $100 today or I, I can do this history homework. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about asking questions. I have a young – I'm sure that you do this with mm-hmm. your grown children. When my grown children call and they say, you know, it's like a 10-minute tirade on something they don't enjoy. And the whole time in my mind, I know how to fix this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a mom. I can fix stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying what you should do, sure, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I, I know enough now to stop and say, hey, have you thought about mm-hmm. this? Or what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's interesting. How do you feel about that? Right. And just put it back, back on, on them. them. Yes. And if I, if I just can't make myself not say something. Then hang up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then I usually say to them, hey, I've got a thought on that. Could I share that with you? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it lets them. It a little and bit. then like mm-hmm. they're they would be foolish to say no yes, yes because I have the answer I know but you know it's just another way mm-hmm. to back off on authority and let your influence mm-hmm. you know kind of guide them right or or to say and when you are really trying to say to I've, I've been in that situation where I have that has come up and I've said you know what I really have a great perspective on that yes I have to go right now <laughs> and you know um Put it back on them, you know, because I don't want to say, do you want my perspective? Because they might say, no. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't want that. So listen, to say, put it back on them. I have a great perspective on that. Listen, I have to go right. This is my adult children. I have to oh, go yeah. right now. If you'd like to hear, call me back later. Well, they, oh, all, they always call me back. What was your perspective on that? Then that way I've given them time to realize they would like to know what I say. You threw them a little bread Just a little, I know. So, and I, so you know, that's, that's a perspective as well. That's good. I like that. I like that. So there's lots of way really to make them to make the shift. And mm-hmm. I think we've talked about asking questions. And sometimes, you know, we just have to be patient because they're just trying to grow up. I know. They're just going through the journey. They're just trying to, you know, they're just trying to grow up. And we have to realize where they are in their stage in life. They're Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're foolish. Sometimes they make great, you know, and give them space to grow. And be patient with them. Yeah. Be empathetic with them. And um, because it leads to connection. It leads to connect with their spirits. And that's that's really what you want. Yes. You know, as moms, I mean, we've been there from the beginning. And so we, ha- we, have a, we have a lot of things to say. We know a lot. We can see things that our kids can't see. But we just can't give it all to them all the time or it's too much. 
I think about Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth. You think about it. A little bit of salt on your food is tasty. Mm-hmm. It's good. But if you dump too much on there, mm-hmm. I'm out. Like, yeah. You're just throwing it out. You're like, well, I ruined it. That's right. So when you're, when you're making this shift, you have to be mindful, especially as they get older. Just flavor, flavor their life a little bit. Yes. You know, use your influence. You don't have to dump all the salt on all the food all the time. You don't. Just like yesterday, I took back my hamburger to Brahms. <laughs> For too much salt? Too much. I was, excuse me so much, but could mm. I, this has too much salt on it. But too much salt is just. It's just is too much. Too much. Right. Too much. Give me my money back. <laughs> It'll give you high blood pressure, too. <laughs> uh, you know what? I do love that. But I also love the fact an instruction to moms in, in Proverbs is. Hear my son or hear my daughter, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. This is an instruction of them. But this is what I love. It says, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And I just see yourself as a pendant for their neck, that you have so many wonderful things to offer them in God's grace and God's timing. And I looked up the word pendant and and what this meant in the Old Testament in the Bible. Pendants were a sign a reward from a higher authority, like an Olympian wears a gold medallion. It's, he's proud. He has this reward around his neck. And that's what God wants us to feel as moms, that that uh, when we follow his word, that we're able to wear some kind of a, a pendant on our, that we have followed, that we've done the best we can. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean that the kids are great and doing well and they all turned out great, but we can wear a pendant knowing I trusted God. I did the best we can. That's why we do these podcasts is to yeah. remind you to parent the best you can so when you're later, you won't have as many regrets when you look back. <laughs> you notice I said as many. As many. <laughs> you notice now my heart almost seized up. I have lots yeah. of regrets. Mm-hmm. But lots of things we did right, too. Yes. You know. And me as well. Yes. So... Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to say at the end here? You know, Kim, touch real quickly then, just before we, just the damage if we don't do that. I okay. think we've, just real quickly, I don't want to end negative, so sure. maybe just touch on this and let's jump back to the positive. Okay, let's do that. So some, if we fail to recognize that there is a natural shift that happens, and it's natural, I mean, it, it does happen, you can suffer some damaged relationships. You could have a child that, that just just thinks my mom just tells me everything to do Mm -hmm. you know she doesn't trust me she's a big turn off yeah she's a big turn she doesn't trust me that's a big thing you know but if you start to I'll give the flip side of all these but if you start to do some of this you're going to have a mutual respect for each Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. and because you are going to watch your kid grow into this adult that can think for themselves and your child is going to say my mom believes that I can think for myself Mm -hmm. and so that's that's really good if you don't respect this natural shift that happens you you really are robbing your kid of the opportunity to fail or to succeed Mm -hmm. it's not just about protecting them from doing something reckless or wrong it's also about like giving them some wings to fly and figure it out Mm -hmm. you know and fail and fail and and failure is just part of it It it's just part of our story you know neither of you the parent or the child really learns to fully trust god if you don't do this, my white knuckle grip of control on my older kids, and I say older kids because like now I have two younger kids and I actually know a few things that I don't want to do again or that I do want to do. But, you know, with my first set of boys, this white knuckle grip of control that I had on them, it really, it really just I don't know what I was afraid of. Like, mm-hmm. I can't control people. I was afraid to give up 
this perceived control. And really what that was, I just didn't trust God mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps and to, to move in their hearts and to do his work in him that I'm not even created to do. Right. So it, it does, it frees us up to say just what you said earlier, like, God, I trust you with them. Mm-hmm. I, can't do anything sure. else. I've right. no, got no more words. Right. Words don't change people. Right. Well, we've talked so many times before we wrap up the danger of us trying to be in control, whether it's mm-hmm. our kids or the situation or the divorce or the, you know, making a life for ourselves or demanding others around us at work that it's a question we have to ask ourselves all the time. Am I trying to be in control of this? Right. I should just let it go and trust God. I ask myself that often. And sometimes I don't, you know, I realize I'm trying to be in control again. And <laughs> so it's just a good question for all of us today. So that's good. Well, let's wrap it up. And we thank you for joining us today. And, and you know, we have lots of resources on our website, um, different podcasts and videos and articles and online Bible studies. So if this is a hot topic for you parenting or just learning how to let go check out our resources on ariseministries.net so let's just close and we'll just close in prayer real quick and we thank you for joining us today and wish you guys a good day father we thank you for the opportunity to to just take a step back and look at authority versus influence and we know that there's a natural shift that happens that you've created all of us to to have great authority with our children when they're small, but to slowly open up our hands and turn them over to you as they grow older. Would you give us eyes to see how to do that and when it's appropriate and really what that looks like for each of our children? We want to trust you more with them. We want to we want to trust you more with them. Father, would you increase our faith to know that you are sovereign and you are orchestrating all the things that we can't even see? And thank you for these women that are listening, and I pray that they would be empowered to um, put your word in action as they parent these children and they go about their day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.